Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Cool, man. Welcome back. Hey. To the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm Eduardo. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. Yeah. So good to see you again. So good to see you. After a week, man. Uh, A very unique week. Um, First of all, as you may or may not know, um, we took a week off uh, last week. Unknowing to us. Unknowing to us. Yes. to, to to take care of a lot of things that we're obviously going to discuss about today on the podcast as as we you know open open the conversation to to many topics um with regards to this event that was last week which was my wedding and uh you know very special event and although we did have all the podcast equipment with us you know a lot of situations were occurring all at once while we were in the moment and it felt good it felt really good to be in the moment and to kind of lean into what was most important um that being you know love family friendship and uh you know very special i'm so glad you were not only there but you were able to officiate the wedding i was the greatest honor of my life yeah so um but yeah daniel and i felt it to be important that before we jump back onto the genesis um uh, train or the Genesis uh, series, we would sort of circumvent back to the idea of Adam and Eve, but also go into um, the week before the the marriage, we were talking about the light body. So a lot of these things can kind of all be intertwined to, I believe, the last uh, experiences we we had, um, you know, before, before coming back. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I have a few things to talk about in regards to the meaning of marriage. I know Daniel and I both have um, some things to talk about about regards to um, different ideologies and philosophies that have, you know, discussed the the idea of this union between two individuals and and the importance of of the sanctity of that. And so, um, you know, uh, again, I have I have a lot of notes here, and you know, one of the things that I wanted to definitely cover today is the significance of marriage. Uh, I did have an experience about, I don't know, a few months ago where I was sitting across from two uh, very dear friends of mine, two different friends, um, and I asked them that question, what what the meaning of marriage was to them as they were asking me the same. And my answer came right away, you know, but theirs were very convoluted and sort of misplaced. And also there was a hesitation. They were, they were hesitant to answer in a way that I, I haven't experienced with other things. And, and I feel like it's fair, you know, I think that the times that we're in right now have kind of skewed us away from, you know, having the clear understanding of what a marriage is and what love really represents. And this contract between two individuals, uh, being a lifelong contract that we embark on having negative connotations versus, you know, positive ones and fruitful, uh, outcomes, um, just based on, on previous experiences that I think everybody individually has had with witnessing what we consider a modern day marriage. And so, um, 
Yeah, man, without further ado, let's get right into it. Yeah. Well, you bring up a great point, man, because what we're dealing with with marriage at this point is why it has this negative feeling within us, or not so much within us, but kind of like a a hesitation from kind of our generation, you know, that we kind of see like, what is this? It's the same thing with the theory of evolution. So mm-hmm. like with the theory of evolution and with marriage, they've isolated to only the materialistic aspects. Right. So marriage is now just seen as a coming together of finances, a sharing of a household. But there's really, you know, again, there's, I can't say this for sure, but kind of like the marriage we get presented on TV, the spiritual aspects of how you actually almost work as like a magnet together to attract more spiritual experiences because now you have another energy that you've connected with. So your experiences range are going to widen. And right. so your consciousness will widen. So it's really like an incubator for self-creation and self-development because ancient, through the ancient times, you couldn't attract your soulmate without completing yourself first, right? right? So it's that aspect of completing yourself, and then you can actually magnetically pull into your soulmate. And then that magnetic pull is going to work as kind of that incubator for more further spiritual growth. So we don't really see that. We see marriage as this materialistic thing. And we cut it off from its source. Same thing with evolution. Like evolution goes, that idea goes so deep back in esoteric understanding. Darwinian evolution is just the materialistic cutout of that. Right. It, you know, it isolates the mental aspects of evolution and the spiritual aspects. And it just looks at, oh, it's survival of the fittest, it's dog eat dog, or it's mutations, right? Which are things that happen in evolution, but they you're not seeing the causal factor, that spiritual factor that underlies it. So that's exactly what we're seeing with this loss in the sanctity of marriage and this misunderstanding of what marriage is. Because I think where we find ourselves, and we've spoke about this before, we've talked about this progression of time, right? And where we're moving through time and where we are in time. And we talk about that Kali Yuga. And it's just so funny Because in our society today, the young generation kind of see not getting married and staying single as kind of like this rebellion thing or like this independence thing. Mm -hmm. We're actually in a Kali Yuga when society's falling apart and structure is falling apart. One of the most rebellious things you can do is actually get married and kind of create that soulmate path and make that generation of that new world. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to get married, right? Like I, you're talking to like the gypsy right here, you know, that it might never have, might not ever kind of come into that category. And I can't be upset about that. Right. You have, or you, and anybody can't be upset about that. Like marriage is just something that might happen, but to push away of it as like, oh, because you only see the materialistic side of it. Right. You're missing, you're missing the fruit of the tree. You know what I mean? And you're like chewing on bark and you're like, why isn't this any good? It's like, well, you're just dealing with the materialistic aspect. Same thing with education. Same thing with science. Like when you just break something down to the material aspect, you're dealing with lead. So you're only going to kind of get lead. Right. You know what I mean? There's not going to be any gold. There's not going to be any silver there. So I think, again, I think it's just misinterpretation of just, what marriage yeah. is. And, you know, just the beauty of completing yourself so you can attract your soulmate. And again, when we're talking about marriage, and our listeners know, it's not just between male and women. It could be any sex, right? Like Absolutely. We're, it's completely open. We're not really saying anything about like, oh, it's got to be this traditional way, right? Weddings, marriages can happen. Um, but it's just that highest expression of relationship, you know, just like how me and you 
it's like a friendship marriage at this point. Because what we've been talking, like we were talking when I was reflecting, reflecting on, you know, doing your wedding and your best man speech. Man, we go back so long to over two decades.、Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like this higher aspect. Like, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but even like I meet amazing people today, right? I'm going to meet somebody amazing today and they could become my best friend. But like in my lifetime that's left, I don't really have that ability to create a friendship like I have with you because we went through so many things together, you know, punk rock music, college, traveling, all these varied experiences that have like strengthened that, right? So, It's just so interesting when we kind of approach marriage because it really is this beautiful mountaintop perspective of your own development and maybe even the further development of a family and a community.、Um, but I just think we kind of isolate it and we get what we get when we do that, right? Yeah, no, I think one of the things that I want to go back to you just mentioned that is, you know, very accurate is. It is sort of a rebellion against the structure we find ourselves in right now in society to not engage in that partnership, whether it be、uh, a marriage between you know, a man and a woman or, or the same sex. They're, they're, you know, actually, let me, let me stop there. I think that the marriage between same sex has actually taken that sanctity. That we're talking about right now and has ran with it for the almost good, revitalized and, yeah, it. Revitalized、right? it. Yeah, exactly. A, oh man, that's they, a great way to look at they it. They are the ones, and not to single anybody out, but it's it's just what I've witnessed, and it's my opinion that have brought that sanctity back, that that revitalization of of the truth that that follows with it. Because, I mean, one of the things that happened during the marriage is it was out on the lawn in front of an ocean. Uh, in front of the ocean on on、uh, on a very special day, but while I was very focused on the person that I would be united with for the rest of my time here and beyond, you know, she being the only thing that mattered to me sort of allowed me to be focused enough to not realize who was around us. And when we were wedded, and you know, we were declared as husband and wife. The whole audience that was surrounding us that was not、erupted. in the wedding were just erupted with joy. And that being people on the beach, people from a hotel nearby, people just on their own vacation. And that was a very special moment that I'll never forget because I didn't ask for that, nor was I paying attention to it in that moment since you know, I was so dialed in. But what gave me、um, just like an impossible way to describe as far as joy goes. Uh, feeling it's just this re again, this revitalization that we're talking about in, in, in humanity. And I think for those who bear witness to it, they didn't know they needed it or they were longing for it, you know, especially、um, the moment that that we were interacting with people outside of the wedding. They were constantly coming up to us, and you could feel their energy surrender to us as they were realizing not only that we have now surrendered to one another, but also life itself right now needed something like this. And I'm not putting that onto us in a sense of, oh, because of our wedding, your weekend was more magical than ever.、Uh, but what I mean is like something that we've lost, and, and a lot of the things you'll hear me talk about today on this podcast will come from lectures、um, in regards to Alan Watts. And also、um, from a couple other readings. But one of the things that Alan Watt talks about in one of his lectures of love and marriage is basically the,、um, the idea that 
people used to rejoice in, in the stability of all things, meaning that, yeah, you have a contract between you and another person, but that wasn't really the important, that was like really the after effect of what was going to happen in the household, but really society itself, and especially if you go back to like ancient times, the village itself was like, okay, this is how this unity will prosper, not just for themselves, but the the village itself and the procreation of, of new generations to come. And we all sort of know that in the back of our mind, but that's the that's the key right there to talk about. Is it's in the back of everyone's mind. It's not on the forefront anymore. You know, in the forefront, it feels more like the times of the Greeks, where in ancient Greek, it wasn't so much did you find your soulmate and the love of your life as much as you were like, no, this is going to be stability for society as a hierarchy and how we can sort of maneuver this um, playing field through... Um, you know, political interest. And and I feel like we may not admit that about ourselves right at this moment, but it's exactly what's kind of happened. And that's the rebellion I think you were sort of alluding to. People are like, oh, I'm rebelling against that, which I'm totally for. It's like, okay, rebel against the superficial and, and unimportant reasons to get married. And again, materialistic. Materialistic. However, um, because we find ourselves in such dark times, I really feel that the way this unfolded created a beam of light that was bigger than I could have ever imagined, not just within myself, but on the outer world also. And all I ever cared about in a selfish sense is to have that inner light sort of shine bright for the audience that we invited to this wedding so they could witness that I don't see my partner as a physical body and flesh and bone as much as I see the essence of what is inside of her as I feel that she sees that inside of me. So it's an ageless love that really has no beginning nor no end. And that's what I really cared for. And that's what I thought was very hurtful when I spoke to those friends I just talked about who said, I just don't really know what marriage means to me. I'm like, yeah, but you're both in romantic relationships. I just think it's interesting. You can't just like blurb out. And I know that's my nature to blurb out what I feel inside, but I feel like it was almost suppressed in their in their case, you know? And so that's something that, um, you know, is, is a shame, but also, well, I, I guess, a process. Because even if they have, like, a, a stance that's like, oh, I just don't believe in and this is why, oh, right. they would have, like, some kind of thing to argue, you know what I mean? Well, not argue, but just like, this is my principles on why I stand for that. And True. that's all you were trying to look for. You weren't trying to say, you have to agree on marriage as I am. Yeah. But to not be able to afford your stance on something shows that there's just been no critical thought put to it, which is just so funny because it is kind of this big component of how society keeps going and the foundation of so many things. So true. You know, so it's just, I think that's what the, not the uncomfortableness of it is because it's not an uncomfortable thing, but it's just, that's the, that's just the interesting thing. Cause it's just like, oh, what is your stance on that? But we also live in a time of like, the first thing you ask somebody when you meet them is what do you do, right? We're trapped in this materialistic realm which is just so silly because it's it's just what you kind of panic. You're like, you know, how you doing? And then it's like, hey, what do you do? You know, um, but really it should be like, do you understand truth? You know what I mean? Like, do you choose love over fear? Those are the questions we should be. And that we would be filtering out people so quickly. Oh my gosh. I, I love that you said that. I, I have to tell you something that happened that I didn't express because it has exactly what you have to say or what you just said to do with, with everything. I was having breakfast uh, with my now wife. And we were hanging out 
and there was a couple next to us, and they'd sat down, and one thing I noticed about them is they seemed not just happy genuinely, they had a dog with them, and the dog was kind of like the bridge between almost everyone that approached them, because it was a puppy, it was maybe about eight months old, and the dog, you know, obviously doesn't know, doesn't care, it's just being, being 100%. So the couple apologized, the dog at the foot of the table was kind of scooching his way over to us, and he kind of eventually uh, made his way close enough to where it almost looked like it was our dog. And the gentleman next to me and I are just connecting based on on the wrinkles in both our faces smile without saying any words. Because I looked at his face and his like cheeks kind of started to curl up and then mine because he's like, hey, you know, sorry, the dog kind of like is right at your feet. And I, he didn't say sorry, nor did I say anything about it. We just had this understanding that like, hey, it's all good, you know. And somehow in the conversation, um, the waiter said something about congratulations on on your marriage. And the couple just like kind of sprung up and they were like, oh, you guys just got married. And so we had this literal about 15 minute conversation about life, about the way they look at each other. I said that to them. I'm very, I always notice people. I'm always constantly people watching. And one of the things I noticed that when they were sitting together is they had no uncomfortable silence, but they had plenty of respect for one another to have silence if needed and just kind of like stare out um, and enjoy the breeze that actually was happening in that moment. And I said that to them, the guy's like, oh, that's so, that's nice to hear. He's like, cause we've actually been together 17 years. We've been married 17 years. And he's like, it really feels like it was just yesterday. He's like, so, so that's, that's nice to you to hear that because you don't even know how long we've been together. And he's like, I said, no, I really thought you guys were like a new couple because I don't see the guy had lost his wedding ring and he's like actually in the middle of getting a new one made. And so he says, I try to keep my hand hidden because he's like, I miss, you know, having that. But I said, no, well, I just want to let you know that was the the exchange I saw with you. And so to make your point, he takes the conversation from like, oh, we're really breaking boundaries right now and borders. And it really did. It felt like, like I felt like at any moment he was going to say, oh, this one thing. And I would say, oh, I know the person who does that one thing, or I've known of someone who's done that one thing. And right at that moment, he just I, th- I felt it. He like caught himself being too trustworthy of the of the conversation. Again, the dog is the bridge here, and he just cut it off by being like, "Okay, before we continue, he's like, what do you do?" And it was such a letdown because it's not that I I'm you know I work in a industry that I don't want to tell people what I do. It's not like I'm a male stripper. And I'm like, well, the thing is, uh, but, You're an entertainer. but yeah, even entertainer. then, you know, it's like, what does it matter, right? But. So I told them, you know, the various things that I do. And then she told them what what we did. And it just sort of dwindled down to very basics because he realized like, oh, you guys are this age, we're this age. Um, So I kind of have you boxed in and categorized. And somewhere in between that, the check came and it was time for us to leave. And it, and it, it felt like an unfulfilled conversation and a meeting between the two of us. And not just because he asked, what do you do? but definitely changed the rhythm of what we were doing. So that was my point to that story of what you just said is a perfect example of what people do in order to like try to throw you into a camp of, hey, can I can I connect with you truly, even though we were already connecting? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just such a, it's such a thing. And again, it was uh, Mark Passio who actually did that as a experiment. He would just randomly go up to people um, and 
was kind of like made that look and it was just like it was like almost like 98 for 100 the first question that came up after that was like what do you do it's just so telling because this is like because then you kind of like can get people boxed in Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because like and like me as myself especially because i've worn so many different hats before you know what i mean where i've go be like one year i'm like oh a restaurant owner it was just so funny how different people approached me when i was a restaurant owner than when i was just a bartender or maybe like a cook right or a teacher like they would approach you differently like when you were a restaurant owner they would think all these things and like it's so funny because they would like try to talk to you like you're more hard high class but when i was a restaurant owner i had like no money in my bank account ever right compared to like bartending where i was like had so much cash in my pocket just like willing to burn right it was just so funny how people approached you differently you know like even on the same person that you've had this conversation with they would approach you differently whether i was a teacher whether i was this or all the other various jobs that i've done that's it's crazy. just so funny how you get like approached a little bit differently and again i think our generation's better at seeing through that uh, and not perceiving that as as like a core value of who you are but um i think for our parents generation it's a little hard you know like oh absolutely i right? have to tell so so one thing i have to say is i've always been your uh uh unsolicited defendant because and what i mean by that it's kind of like say you say something in regards to the wealth of information you have about wine and, and why you have this wealth of information has to do with being a restaurant owner of two different restaurants, right? But because you don't have that title anymore and you make the claim and it comes out of your, um, your, your voice so smooth and clear, immediately, if someone doesn't know you, they turn to me and go, what does he do? And I have to just like have an elevator pitch where I'm like, this is what he did. This is what he's not doing, but this is why he knows it. What? Uh-huh. You know, I get really defensive because now they want to do that. They're like, I thought he was a teacher. Why would he know so much about wine? And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh-huh. So, but I've done that more than once around you where you might be over here and then you might say something about like pizza sauce and mm-hmm. why the San Marzano's versus like the Roma or, you know, what, what, how do you do this with the tomatoes? And I'm like, they're like, well, how does he know that? And I'm just like, you want to fight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, you think he's lying? But, you know, but it's because, yeah, that generation wants to kind of sort of have an anchor to your reasoning or your confidence and what it's based in, you know what right. I mean? So, but yeah, you know, and I think it's like, where did we kind of get off? But it's just that, again, it's that tying so much stuff to the materialistic, right? you know, and to kind of pull it back together with the wedding and stuff and just, yeah, your wedding was anything but materialistic. And it was just so funny that the materialist stuff, because if anybody knows Eddie's wedding was originally going to be in Tahoe and then it got changed to the last second to San Diego. Um, and there was just all these kind of materialistic Saturn restrictions that were kind of getting thrown at us. Yep. And it was just so funny because like your wedding and that actual four hours that we were doing the whole, from the wedding to the eating, to the dancing, like Saturn was not even there. The material wasn't even there. Like it was, mental because you like you were saying like i i was your only like for the couple days before i was like the only representation of your friend there because so many people couldn't make it and then obviously john and Corey showed up on the the day of the wedding um and was great because it kind of filled it out but like the connection was because it was such a small knit wedding like you were saying we were all just one unit Mm -hmm. you know it was myself it was your mother your brother um his, his wife and then the whites but it was just like one unit 
You know, like it wasn't when you were sitting down at table, you weren't like, oh, do I have to sit here? You just grab the open seat, right? So like the mental was already there. Right. And it was just like so there, like you were just you were just connected with everybody mentally. But then above our all was like how just those finer substances of the spiritual were just like raining down on a constant situation from that six to 10. And it was just like, it didn't matter how much resistance and how much the materialistic tried to divert us away from that. Right. Like in that moment, it was just, it was like some of the closest I think I've ever felt to like God or creation. Right. Uh, it was just, uh, that's awesome. Man. It was such a beautiful moment. Right. Yeah. I was so caught up in the moment that, you know, I, I didn't recognize half the things that maybe other people would have recognized, uh, in a wedding. And, and that's what we wanted all along. You know, the person that I chose to be, um, you know, in this, in this partnership with she, she and I have only seen darker times, um, together, but we've always prevailed because none of the things that haven't worked out for us have really bogged us down as much as they've tried to. And this wedding was one of those telling, uh, examples of that bogging down. This wasn't just the death of a person or, you know, something else that her and I have, and have experienced. This was literally the death of a ton of materialistic, uh, um, attributes that make up a wedding which we didn't want but they slowly lended themselves un unwilling to us or to wanting for us to, to have it they sort of letting themselves uh based on the way society is structured you know whether it's vendors that are all doing their own part but they all have to be there in order for the thing to work out i understand that and i'm not dismissing that by any means but the fact that it was all undone on its own by a natural disaster and you know my heart's got to everybody in Lake Tahoe that had to go through all that. Um, but that that's what I kept telling people. I was like, hey, I just want people to be safe and be okay in Lake Tahoe. Because so many people kept coming up to me. And rather than saying, like, I'm so sorry about your wedding, they should have just said, like, I'm so sorry that all the things that actually don't matter are not happening right now. I would have high-fived that person. Like, you get it. Because people wanted to mourn for us the loss of the original wedding. And I was like, this you guys got us all wrong. Mm -hmm. You got us completely all wrong. And people would say, oh, you're so cool and calm about what's happening. I'm like, no, they're, they're definitely stressors, but we're not like sitting and in, in, in sobbing in, in some kind of state of sorrow for the things that didn't work out. Which, you know, again, this, this, this conversation between Daniel and I, as personal as it is, I would like to just, you know, invite anyone else who who has been through this to to open your mind to the fact that like pay attention to why you're doing what you're doing like what is it that you really want out of the event you're creating or the career you're into or the the true real reason as why you live in truth and this is when i felt like the universe was really testing not just myself and my love for this partner and as alan watts talks about alan Watts says you know it's it's you're falling in love. You're not rising in love. You're not going up. You're, 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 you have to take this risk. You have to take this step forward mm -hmm. and, and, and be okay with the, um, the gamble you're taking. And I did that a long time ago with my partner. And so the rest is just frivolous to me. It's like, had this not worked out, the ocean was there as a witness, the sky above me, the ground below me. And so everything that was connected happening all at once. And so when we took our shoes off and decided to just dance shoeless on, on the lawn, I just felt so light. I, I literally couldn't remember another time where I was able to move the way I was moving without really even feeling my feet on the ground. To the point where the next day I like woke up and I was like, man, I'm a little achy from here and there. I was like, I don't remember doing anything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of do remember that. You know, we let the music take us away. 
But just like the positive in all of that event, we also saw a lot of negative. And that's something that I really wanted to touch, uh, you know, touch on with you is that, you know, there's a lot of things that were very unique in, in the buildup to this event. But Daniel and I also, especially taking a week off from the podcast un- unintentionally, um, so many things occurred. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. And, you know, I really wanted to, cause you brought up that great point about Alan Watts talking about how you fall in love. Right. And it's kind of, again, it's like that leap of faith that you're taking with this individual. And, you know, it's such an interesting thing because when you follow your heart so blindly, like you need to do in love and it's the ultimate commitment, think about how many times that doesn't burn you, but it doesn't end like the fairy tale ending that you first have right. when you fall in love with somebody, right? Like that's what's so unique about that marriage is because it's just like this love that's lasting. But a lot of our love that we go through in these experiences, they could be short lived. They We think they could be forever. Maybe they go five or six years and it falls out. So there is this like blind dedication that you have to take, right? And that's why you really have to choose somebody you're going to step into a serious relationship with so seriously because you are, you're like taking this leap of faith that could end negatively. Right. You know, you don't, you don't think about that when you approach a relationship, right? No. And like, I have great relationship with all my like ex-partners, right? But it's still, at one point, there's a very painful moment when that breakup's happening and that it's the complete absence. It's like the vacuum of that first feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so you're right. You don't rise in love. It's more of you fall into love and then you hope that, you know, you fall with somebody that you can kind of keep growing with. And then I think the marriage you kind of rise in and then like over there, you kind of build your foundation, you kind of make your way up. I, right. I just love that idea of the falling in love because that's such an important aspect. But yeah, man, I think there was there was definitely some polarity that was presented to us um, on your wedding. And, um, you know, I'm actually really excited because I have the um, like the craziest story in the world. Um, of what happened to me after the wedding and kind of exciting because I still haven't mapped out just how far I walked after your wedding. So I'm going to do it on a video on the patron, but as I'm like finding it on Google earth, I'm going to be discovering it together. So I don't know how long the video is <laughs> going to go, but we're going to like trace the trail. Cause I know, I know I went down to the docks. I know I walked through the airport I know all this other shenanigans happen. And I remember the stores that I slept in front of the bushes at, like, right, as I went through this journey. Um, but definitely one of the most like, interesting experiences. So we're definitely going to, I'm going to give the full detail because Go I, for it, man. and then also on the Patreon, um, which I'm super excited about, my computer, which is so interesting with everything going on, on last Friday the 13th, last month, stopped working. And so really big um, apologies about we were working through the house systems. So we, we're going to continue that series and alchemical counseling is going to get started. The classes are going to get started. The raffle's still a going. But just a little update from the technology corner. We're back in action on the computer. So we'll be rolling a lot more patron videos and get a lot more stuff back going on there. But, um, but yeah, if you're interested in Daniel's shenanigans that happened after the wedding, the greatest, maybe one of the greatest psychedelic journeys I've ever went on without taking psychedelics, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think the lessons from that journey, I don't think I'm ever going to completely unfold and understand in my lifetime. Right. It was so like impactful and just the lessons that are coming up from it today 
and my perspective and how much my perspective has changed on all aspects of my life. Um, and just going from the aspect of being the closest to that God in creation that we talked about at your wedding. And then within eight hours being like the furthest away and cold and lost you've ever been. It's a very interesting polarity to kind of put together. And it's, again, it comes down to our choices and, um, you know, how we approach life. And as crazy as that night is afterwards that I can't wait to tell the story of, um, that we'll kind of create on the patron. Um, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it, it, I needed it and it was really important, but, um, yeah, it was one of the, it was the, the light that pushed me through was that wedding, man, the wedding. And obviously like this podcast and everything right. that's created on it. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's always interesting when you get to see two sides of the coin in such a, in, within the same waking sphere. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's interesting when you see it in one collected day, which is kind of interesting. Not so much like, oh, today was like this. And then the next day was the opposite. When you see it all in the same waking cycle, it's, uh, it's just such a, it's such an exclamation point on your destiny that you have to pay attention to because it all happened for a reason. Like every aspect of it from me making the wrong turns for me, like just from everything, you know, for even the clothes that I was wearing and for even like my pocket watch not working the entire time. And I think it was broken. And then it starts working when I get back to Phoenix. Like it was just like a twilight zone. It was so interesting. It was such an interesting experience. So definitely check it out on the patron. Um, and if you're just curious, I'll just tell you the story. Just send it to me on Instagram. I'll, I'll send you the message of, I'll just send you the video. If you're not on our patron and you're like, I want to know the shenanigans you got yeah. into. I'll be like, Sit right here. I'll tell a tale. So, but, but that's how life happens. Right. And it's kind of a little bit of a rodeo sometimes, but you got to hold on. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think you have a healthy attitude. Um, which is why I think it was important to have this conversation for all our listeners who pay, you know, close attention to everything we put out on, on every episode. I mean, Daniel and I put our full heart and dedication into it. We don't just wing it. We really do have these discussions for, you know, over the course of seven days for every time that he leaves, um, and goes his separate way. And I go my separate way. Um, it's almost, um, it's almost undescribable how much happens to us you know, whether it's our experiences with projects that we have regarding to work or family or friends or the societal um, issues going on out there. And it really molds and shapes a lot of the things we say. And, and actually, one thing that I've been promising that I haven't done yet is on the Patreon account, I'm putting a video up of four of the books that I've been using through a, a, at least the last eight months of of the podcast. And, and one of the things that people need to know about this is I'm not going to tell you exactly where everything is in these books. It's just my way of letting those listeners, especially if you're a new listener, know that, you know, the absence of what I feel inside sometimes needs to be replenished by those who came before me and actually had a defining way of describing what that absence might be or why I even feel that absence. And again, back to this podcast being so revealing of, or this episode being so revealing about what happened last week, we felt it to be important because if we're going to talk about all these experiences and all this mysticism, um, or the lectures that we, that, that we, you know, quote from in regards to mysticism and ancient, um, occulted history, 
it's important to know that we are still living beings going through this journey just like you. And there are some amazing um, moments that will present themselves and it's really much harder to like navigate through them than to just talk about them, you know, because when they are presented to you, it's heavy, you know, it's really kind of a, there's a lot of reasons to ask questions like why, you know, why is this happening? How is this happening? And, and that's been something, again, that's been going on for me personally in the last, again, maybe year where, you know, I want to dedicate my time to this, to this network, to this podcast. Daniel wants to dedicate his time to this network, this podcast, but at the same time we have to live and we still have to you know, bring light to those who, who have less of it, you know, and I consider myself a very fortunate individual. So I don't go away walking into situations saying, man, if I could just be like that person or man, if I could just get to that point, I don't do that, but I definitely am affected by maybe many of the things that, you know, you and and others are. And so, yeah, it was a very interesting last uh, 10 days um, having to, really, um, you know, pay close attention, you know, and, and again, if it wasn't for these lectures, these readings, and and again, most of these books back to the, even the raffle, most of these books that Daniel and I have used to help us formulate an opinion, you know, a lot of it has been Daniel helping me out too. If I ask him a, a sincere question and say, Hey man, you know, I've been looking into this idea of Carl Jung. I mean, even with marriage, right? Like I was just looking into Carl Jung's perspective on, on marriage. You know, I end up jumping into other, uh, lectures that, that sort of, um, give me exactly what I need to know in regards to making a formulated opinion. Um, and so, and so, yeah, so back to this, the whole reason between this light and darkness, you know, you can listen to the polarity episode that we did in the first season, but here we find ourselves again right. for, presented with this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's just one of those, those aspects of, you know, when you think you've conquered something and you make those statements, even in your mind mentally, that's when you're going to be kind of brought a new example of that same lesson, but it's coming from a higher perspective. right? And then that's what gets you the sh- true shield. And that's what really gets you the marks of honor that we put on like our military people, the badges. That's you coming around when those cycles come back around. They're going to they're gonna camouflage themselves in a different way. They're going to come from a different direction, but it's that same essence that's trying to see, like, did you really learn your lesson? Right. You know, because again, we can stand on the shoulders of giants and read these amazing books, right? We've, we are so blessed for the amount of information that is presented to us. But if we don't do anything with that information, it just stays knowledge and it never becomes wisdom. Right. And that's the only difference between the wise man and the fool. The fool knows what's right. It just doesn't matter if the fool does what's right. The wise knows what's right, does what's right. And then through that can manifest happiness. And we've talked about that because again, happiness is right. an effect. It's not a cause. You can't just say like, oh, I'm happy because you can just be lying to yourself because if you're really not balanced out, if you're really not healthy, you know, spiritually and mentally, you might not really be happy. You might, you know, it might be more of like that ignorance is a bliss kind of situation. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just such an interesting thing, you know, with this, this aspect of the marriage and we talk about even the alchemical marriage and how this, that alchemical marriage has to happen internally before we see it in the external. And that's like, you know, the understanding and the identifying of the over self or that higher self that's within us 
and that further unfoldment of that aspect, right? Kind of making itself true and how beautiful of that thing it is in an individual's life. So when they are able to attract their external alchemical marriage, right? And they, they kind of complete that other aspect of themselves. Again, you create, you've created gold on the inside. Now you have the opportunity to make gold on the external. And again, there's just such a beauty about, you know, elderly people who are maybe celebrating like their 50 years wedding right, celebration, yeah. right? There's something to that essence, right? Again, there's something beautiful too, to that cool guy or gal that you meet at like this ball in Australia and they have like this crazy cool scar and they're like 72 years old and they look like they're 50 and they've had the craziest life in the world. And they're just like shucking their own oysters at this place. And you're like, they don't even serve oysters here. This is insane. <laughs> right. And they're the coolest people. There's something beautiful about that too. Right. And, but that was, that was them following their destiny, you know? And then some people, you know, like my sister, Natasha, the oldest, like she wanted to be a mother since day one. She was more of a, more of like a cuddly mother than my mom was. Like my mom was cool, always right. there for me, right? Like the coolest lady I've ever met. But my sister was more of like, I think I've mentioned this before, but like, you know, if if we were going to like, say Alex's family's out of town and we're like, hey mom, can we go TP Alex's house? Like throw toilet paper at it, right? In the trees, my mom would drive us. Where Natasha would be like, whoa, you can't TP their house or you can't drive them there. Totally. You know what I mean? So like, she was meant to be a mother and she loves being a mother. Right. Like it's important for her. And it is a very important, I think that role has lost its significance of how important it actually is. But just the family, like you have this ability when you're in this kind of setup. And again, a family could be, you know, it could be just two good friends that live together and share a life together. Right. Sure. It doesn't even have to be romantic, but just that structure to build from. And when you find that correct opposite component you're like a battery and now you've created a polarity in love and so what you're doing is you're making that connection and bouncing it back and forth and between love and fear it's just the whole aspect of love and truth is what you're bouncing between so you have an ability to almost work as like an incubator for each other to climb even higher because mm -hmm. you can almost help each other up the high steps and then the other one pulls you up where you're the one you were kind of climbing by yourself. Right. But when you find your spiritual reflection, you guys work together to kind of get up that mountain, right? And then if you procreate and you have children, you help guide them up that mountain. We don't just, you know, give them a digital babysitter and then send them to school. And then when they come back and, you know, there's no connection and they have no respect, you're like, what happened to my kids? And you're like, oh, there was right. no love. There was no guidance, right? Because just so important how important that family is and structure is and again family doesn't have to be your traditional father mother two kids family right you can find family anywhere but just that sense of community because in that sense of community we see the external reflection and representation of how we are actually eternally all connected yeah right so it's making itself manifest so we can actually touch it because remember we are materialistic aspect we are materialistic kind of um beings in this materialistic time right we're spiritual beings but we very much identify the materialistic at this time period in consciousness um, and it's so prevalent right now so when we see these actual physical connections of family and of love it helps us conceptualize something like how we are all eternally connected, which was just known in the golden age. Like it was just, right. And this was just accepted. Like, Oh, we are all, you, you know, 
Rastafarians, I and I, right? When I look at you, I see I. When you look at me, I see I. Um, it's that deep, that's old wisdom, right? Because that religion is so deep and connected to the African true tribal religions, which, again, births so much of what we study today. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's the one, like, esoteric um African ancient spiritual practices and spiritual understanding is something that like we lost so much when we lost that information. Um, there's just so much information there and with the possible like Lemuria and like out like um, Atlantis, like there's just so much lost deep information that in the golden age was just known and that we have to kind of perceive through these like outside lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not perceiving it and taking it for the right perspective, you can see your family not as like this connection of you, but almost like, oh, they're, it's a hassle because you can see it as like a drain of your resources. Like how right. many times are to hear parents or be like, oh, they're an expensive kid or the kid <laughs> just being like, oh, I wish my parents would give me more money. And you see this connection as like a materialistic thing, you know, and it's, it's never supposed to be like that. It was never meant to be that way. Um, and when we live through that way, just like materialism, it dissolves. Exactly. You know, nothing's forever in that realm. And then we get upset when all of our foundations and all of our structures dissolve because we went all on the dark horse. Right. Right. We put all of our money in on that dark horse. And then we get upset when it doesn't give us anything. It doesn't, right? it doesn't make a full circle. Right. Back. I do like that you're talking about the African traditions and the mysteries in African um, history. And I think that's something that we'll be discussing a lot of in season three with Babylonian uh, history. And I think that uh, I think we're ready for it, too, as far Uh as, you know, our listeners and everything we've evolved into. But I think you make a great point about what you said. I mean, back to um, real quick to Alan Watts, there's a lecture he has on happiness and he really just talks about describing you know, the difference between what is happening in the outer and what's happening in the inner. And what you're saying with family is an exact thing with, with an exchange of having that understanding from the first day with your partner. And then as you procreate and, or, um, you know, adopt into new families or have new families, that should be the foundation that carries you through, um, all of it. Because I used to think to myself, okay, if I'm ever going to be a father of any children, who do I need to look to, for example? So I'd meet friends of mine who had respect for their own family. And they may not say like, well, my mom and my dad or my dad's or my mom's are the greatest people I've ever had. But there's always something there when if they were to question, if someone were to question their relationship, they find themselves very clear minded and saying, no, these people raised me and and I love them for it. They may not have done it perfect, but I love them for it. And that was the fine line that was in between the lines, I should say, that I was I was looking for. I'm like, well, how do I do that? And then I realized, like, no, you just like and having an understanding of what your inner purpose is versus like trying to appeal to the outer exterior of society's standards. When you really are true and align with truth internally, so will your children. So were the 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 people below you that are younger, not knowing guidance, they'll feel that guidance coming from in with from with you, not from just the word you say externally, you know, and we talk about that with the difference between, you know, religion and and spirituality. We've talked about that with other structures, but that's, yeah, man, it's very, um, you got to be very keen on it. You got to really know how to put the work into it in order for it to come out the other end, the way you were hoping for, you know, not just expecting it to happen. You know, you can't just be like, oh, I was strict with them or I denied them this, therefore they appreciated that more. It's like, no, yeah, it's very complex, but 
Well, again, it comes down to principles, right? You know, like if you base everything in principles and there's a foundation, so even if they don't understand the foundation, but you set one up that maybe through maturity, they'll understand and perceive correctly. That's what it's all about. It's when, it's when the parent doesn't have that foundation and it treats every situation as that occurrence. Mm -hmm. And then the child is so smart and says like, well, why is it that last time this was able to happen and now this time it's not? Or why is it mm. okay for this sibling for to do this and not me because there's not that foundation set? Uh, it just shows how important foundation is in everything. And that's the same thing with, you know, the marriage, how important the foundation of communication is going to be, right? right? How important that's going to be. So there's these, these pillars in society and there's these pillars in life that we have to approach and understand and always be refortifying to make sure they're the, as strong as a structure as we need, because it's these principles that you fall on in those moments of, you know, getting locked out of your hotel room, right. And not being able to like, and walking around all night or something like that, or, you know, losing a loved one, something more, much more serious than that, losing a loved one, you know, losing, losing a pet or just losing anything. Right. And when we have to kind of deal with the finite aspect of this life, it's, it's really hard, but it's those principles that we fortify and that we establish through this learning and through our experiences, that is the light through the storm. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, what's going to create that structure. So even though the light might feel like it's diminished in that moment, we know that it will be relit if we stand true to these principles. And these are what are going to guide us beyond this life. So it's really important that we um, strengthen them and get accustomed to them. Absolutely. Right. Well said, man. Well said. Um, yeah. So with, I know that we, we kind of covered a lot that was sort of, you know, personal for both of us, but I do want to get back onto the idea of where we're going to go with the next few episodes in regards to Genesis. Great. And, and so, you know, I know where we left off last with, you know, the idea of Adam and Eve and what had occurred between the, the, the story that is presented in Genesis. And we were going to go into, you know, the story of Abraham soon after. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but then also, um, Go ahead. You were going to say something. Yeah, we're going to be getting to Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. So we'll be yeah. kind of working into there. So that's going to be great because we're kind of talking about marriage of the Adam and Eve, what we know that spiritually actually represents. Um, but now we're going to we're going to kind of see the offspring and the creation of everything afterwards. So yeah, it's going to be really cool because we'll be getting into Abraham. We're just going to be really again going down that journey. Um, I love that we kind of took the break we did and looked at the Great White Lodge. Yeah. which was a really great, ep like I really had fun doing that episode and looking at the light body. Um, and it is just so funny how the topics really kind of present themselves to us, right? which I'm, is so unique and 100%, so- 100%. Right? Well, everything you just said is the reason I, I didn't want to like go into our agenda, you know, public, publicly, but I am because um, what you just said, you just said, you know, the, the way that we have to decipher between these, these occurrences that happen in life and lean on to those principles. That's literally what the second part of the Bible that we're going to be talking about is going to be encountering, whether yeah. it's like with the great flood or again, um, you know, Isaac, um, and Abel and, and, and every, and the betrayal that occurs in, in the Bible mm -hmm. and really understanding why those stories are so dark and why, they had to be, um, you know, presented to 
to us um, in a way that some people till this day are kind of questioning, like, well, why does it have to get so dark? I'm like, you know, you have to know darkness before you know the light. We've talked about that before, but in a way, that's kind of what we're going to be starting to cover in right. the next few episodes. So I'm really excited because, again, you just said this, you know, we never, we didn't plan it just like this, but it de- definitely lended itself this way. And I never thought, you know, a personal experience and with you being there as a, as a witness, I mean, for those who don't know, Daniel wasn't going to be my officiant. So I was super honored that he would officiate our wedding. It's what I really wanted in my mind's eye. So I feel like, and for me, I was just like the whole time I had a big smile on my face because no one knows me better than, than you do. But also the, the way I feel about these principles that we, you know, go on and on about and what the foundation of this podcast even is, is just always having this connection between one another and a trust that, um, you know, it's just like super important to always, um, to never forget, you know? And so, but I never would have known that, you know, that would influence the next few episodes, the next, uh, series of studies that we're going to be doing. And, um, yeah, I just want to see what happens as it continues to unfold. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I feel like we, you've had this big thing on this plate of the wedding, right? And then, so I feel like, what this does is it lends so much new time and energy that's been kind of put there because we wanted to create something that was amazing. And what did you do? You created like the most amazing afternoon ever. We right? did. Yeah. We did. It was great. It was great. Right. But taking that energy of being like, look at how you were able to create something so beautiful. And now taking that energy and being like, well, let's just replant those seeds of the, what yeah. was fruit, that fruit that bared that day. You know, I think you're doing a great job. We're doing a great job of like collecting those seeds, mm-hmm. replanting it. And the garden that we want to replant is the network, is the podcast. We want to get as much as much information out there as possible. And yeah, so it's just, uh, it's the dawn of some very, very exciting times. Yeah, we have to. And I think that, uh, you know, oppression is always around. And I think that, um, you know, the dark clouds that people focus on, you know, are really just obscuring the light that's behind them. And I think that, you know, sometimes a little bit of wind goes a long way to push those clouds out of the way and see the light. And I think that, you know, we're just regular people trying to do the best we can as our journey unfolds. And we hope that when you hear these conversations between Daniel and I, you understand more and more about why we take the time and why we hope you can take the time so we can be all together blowing all the clouds out of the way. I love it. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I know you mentioned about the raffle, uh, which is going to be really exciting. Um, we're going to, we're still working on that right now as a nonprofit, but yeah, I guess that's illegal. I guess you just can't raffle off all your things. Right. Um, and sell tickets for it. And I'm like, why? They're like, I collected these rocks. You know what I mean? These are my books. Right. But I guess there's a, this thing called the legal system and they weren't too, they weren't too hot on that idea, but we are going to become uh, the Know Thyself podcast, like a nonprofit. Um, and so it will, I think that'll be really important for the organization moving forward anyways. You Absolutely. I mean? So um, super excited. Again, super excited to get reconnected with Patreon. I feel like I was just in the rhythm <laughs> and then my computer troubles kind of happened, um, but we're going to kind of jump off there really quick. We're going to finish up the 12 houses of the Zodiac and then we'll move on to other new and exciting projects on the patron account. So we're really 
Eduardo and I are looking forward to now that we have a little bit more time. Um, some of his video projects have freed up. We're really trying to get some more digital media ship up there. And I'm super excited because Eddie's so talented at what he does. Oh, so I think it's going to be, um, I think it's just going to be the next step that we really want to take. Yeah, absolutely. And, and calling all sponsors. So we have a lot of people who have reached out uh, and Dale and I say, no, 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 no. We're doing this through the heart of, of good intention and everything else. But Daniel did mention this maybe a few podcasts before where we'd be connecting with people who want to work with us in sponsorship. So if we've hesitated to talk to you or connect with you, it's for a reason. Um, but just reach out to the Know Thyself Podcast Network and, and that way we can kind of make our way into, um, you know, helping everybody out. And and on top of that, you know, there is going to be the alchemical counseling that I'm really excited for for Daniel to, to put out there. You know, Patreon members will ask us questions and we don't want to be vague and people on Instagram will ask us questions and people on all social, social media platforms will ask us questions, which is why I'm putting that video out on just my perspective on the books that I read. Because again, there's no one right answer, but Daniel is going to do an incredible job at taking his time and his knowledge to personally deal and discuss with one individual's um, you know, point of view and, and questions they might have about everything that's been said. And so we encourage you to make a list of questions you might have, you know, maybe five, 10. I'm not really sure how you want to go about it. I shouldn't be speaking for you in this regard, but I'm excited because I get to ask you all kinds of questions just here. So I, I'm happy that other people will have their, uh, their chance at just having an open discussion with you. Yeah, no, it's going to be the best, man. And we'll be, we'll actually be, you know, that's what the first consultation will be, but then we'll be working through the steps together, right? So then you'll be going right. through calcination, we'll go through dissolution. And again, it's all on your own time frame. When you're ready for the next stage, we'll be talking about what you should be kind of looking for. So we'll kind of guide it in. So you kind of can start to see those indicators come up in your experience and you'll be like, okay, I should connect about the second, third, fourth session. But yeah, it's going to be great. Super excited to have my technology back to be able to work on that and get that prog program going. But yeah, just, yeah, guys, you've been so patient with us, but we have some really big, exciting things coming. Um, and yeah, right. It was just so excited. One day at a time, man. One day at a time. Um, anything else? I don't think so, my guy. Cool. Until next time. Until next time.